Craft Beer Radio, episode 256 on July 17th, 2013. Welcome to Happy Radio. I'm sorry, that's just funny. Just starting out a show with that. It's a uh, it's it's a number one song next week from 1982. 1982. Yep. So there you go. We couldn't find any good songs. They were number one yeah. this week, any year in history, really. But. All right, so we have a variety of beers here that uh, we've never, well, only one we've had before, uh, but never on the show. So we are, uh, I don't know, where do you want to start? Probably this guy here. Yeah, okay. So we're going to start with the Moa. Helena Moa is from New Zealand. Uh, it's, this is their, they use Cascade Nelson Sauvignon Hops. That should be interesting. Uh, it's a pale ale, 5% alcohol by volume. Got this uh, at VE, Vintage Estates. Lots of head on this sucker. It has a... Hmm, what would you call that? Kind of peachish caramel color to it? It's hard to say with all this head. There's a yeah. lot of head on here. Yeah, poured more head than beer. I need to get this kind of... So, Jeff, how you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we got a huge head on the beer. Can't really smell much of anything. Be curious to see how this beer survives from the long uh, trip. Long using. trip. You know, hopefully it isn't... Green bottle. I don't smell any skunk, so... V yeah. is generally pretty good about that, so... 5.5% ABV, if you didn't say. I don't see any kind of production... Um, date. It's imported by Moa USA, Huntsville, Alabama. So this won gold in the Japan International Beer Award, Beer Awards in uh, 2012. Two golds at Asia Beer Awards 2011, etc., etc. It's won a lot of uh, awards. Go away, head. Use use the finger on your nose. Trick. No. <laughs> <laughs> so while we're waiting the head to go down, um, there's a, been some Stone Brewing Company drama going on this week. Go on. So there's a um, a blog out in California called The Full Pint. It's uh, fullpint.com. And recently in California, the law was reinterpreted. I guess previously, the law was understood that you could only, breweries could only fill growlers with their own labels on it. And the law was reinterpreted that breweries could fill any growler. And so the full pint was going around the, the big name California breweries and they were, you could tell they had an agenda about that. They feel that they should be able to get their generic growlers filled anywhere. Mm. Russian river has refused to fill growlers that aren't theirs. Russian river has a very custom growler. It's a swing top, a little pot belly thing. And they're talking about how the draft system set up to fill the growlers of their height. They don't have extra screw caps around and things like that. So it could be issues trying to fill your average standard growler, mm -hmm. you know, and you could tell the full pint guys weren't really game for that. And then, uh, the brewery, I forget exactly what the brewery's outcome was, but then they, they did this really snarky post and poll about, what Stone was going to do. And you could tell that they were almost certain that Stone was not going to fill generic growlers because they have very custom growlers themselves. And 
reading into the po- you know what their tone a little bit more they feel that you know the stone brand would rule out and they wouldn't want to compromise you know the perceived advertising of carrying around the stone sure. growl and whatnot so they put up this poll very very um i use snarky twice right aggressive. really aggressive yeah and so aggressive. um or just so, aggressive. so it, aggressive. it got put up on you know beer pulse and whatnot and stone <laughs> put up a blog post, but it wasn't just a blog post. It was just a one-off page that mimicked the design of the Full Pint's webpage, like graphic elements and all. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Full Pint has the two the guy, two curators of the blog in the top left, holding up glasses. In the stone one, it was Stone and, and his, I forget his partner's name at the moment, but it was Greg and his partner, you know, up there. And same bullet, like, the bullet points were there, but they said different things. It was called the Stone Fool Growler. Mm-hmm. And then they wrote back you know, a pretty, you know, pretty strongly worded review talking about how, you know, uh, you know, basically they didn't appreciate being baited like that. And they put up a post with snarky questions about, you know, the full pint. So, um, there's that. And actually I, I tweeted, <laughs> I tweeted, I'm like, I better go buy some really thick skin if I ever decide to piss off stone Greg. <laughs> and he tweeted back. He's like, everyone knows I'm a big softy. So, and then there's a thing I saw today where some dude did a, a, some dude that turns out did a homebrew collaboration with stone, but he did a YouTube video review of, of arrogant bastard and gave it a D minus. And then stone, did this rebuttal and then this guy did this rebuttal and basically stoned, you know, like it got kind of, it was almost like did it get the, heated or was it, it all in fun? Well, it turns out that it may be part of a, a marketing thing for this collaboration beer that's coming out. Oh, okay. But you know, it was the kind of, it wasn't like it was slightly heated. It was fairly, it was like, imagine the first time, you saw Michael Scott do something completely inappropriate and how uncomfortable you felt. You felt kind of like that, like that watching this, you know, watching which one watching, well, like watching the stone one the way, the way Greg was replying to this guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it would be like, you know, if we did a bad review of stone beer on, on our show and then they made a craft beer flunkies show or something <laughs> and, and tried to, you know, mimic us and, and, and make us look bad. I mean, it's like we're, we're at least we're trying to do this in all honesty, we're just doing it as ourselves, and we're not trying to put on anything. This is just how we feel about things. So, you know, I I, I try to always remember the, like the the main rule here: like, don't be a dick, right? You know, <laughs> like just don't be a jerk about it. And um, so, and and most importantly, talk about the beer, and not the company, as yeah. much as possible. Well, that's kind of the thing. Like in hindsight, now that there might be something about this, the guy was. Like, he called, you know, he's like, it's named after Greg Cook. You know, Arrogant Bastard's named after Greg Cook. And he's kind of, like, really picking on the verbiage on the back and whatnot. In hindsight, you can kind of see how... and It was kind of... His his bad review and his rebuttals were kind of awkward and stunted a little bit. And so now it's kind of like, he's like, how can I be a jerk? You know, like, so maybe the guy's not really a jerk, so... Mm-hmm. But now we can drink our beers, so sorry for that aside, but the heads are down, so we can probably smell this beer now. This is the Moa Paleo. I love these Nelsons of Hops. They're really awesome. They give such a wonderful kind of tropical bent to mm-hmm. uh, to Pale Ales. It's, it's, it's reminded me a lot, at least of the aroma-wise, and I hope taste-wise. You know, what I'm smelling is um, kind of like the dried pineapple, or mm-hmm. there was one time I had dried passion fruit 
It was passion. It was actually passion fruit dipped in chocolate. But I'm trying to just isolate the dried passion fruit part of it, and not just passion fruit, but like you know, dried dehydrated passion fruit. Right. That's kind of the aroma I'm getting here. There's a touch also in the aroma. It's it's not bad. Don't let it scare you off. But there's a touch of something a little bit green beany or, or sulfur or something like that in the aroma as well. Yeah, the, the the flavor doesn't quite follow through to the aroma. It's not it's not as floral and, and hmm. it's a little it's a little it it almost you know it almost tasted goes like a little bit. It almost tasted like salt. So and you say salt, you know what I know like when it first hit my tongue, it was kind of rolling back. I was thinking it tastes kinda of like coffee. Mm, okay. Like uh not the roasty chocolate part, but there was something coffee going on there. I think what what's happening here is, is we're getting a um a good concentration of, of the bitterness and and so some of the, the bitterness is quality. a lot the yeah. bitterness is very much like coffee bitterness yeah. that's what it is yeah so we're getting a good concentration of 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 the resin quality and the bitterness from the hops we're really not getting sort of a bright fruity mm-hmm. um push from the hops no I, now I had another sip that's exactly why I thought coffee the bitterness is just like my morning cup you know it, yeah. it's very similar in the and also. The coffee I've been drinking the last couple of days has been this new Ethiopian yogurt chef that we've gotten. It's very berry-like and stuff like that. So maybe some of the fruitiness was kind of reminding me of that as well. Um, it's not bad. It, it it might be better fresh in New Zealand. It's it's hard to say. It's not giving me though the kind of the kind of big jumpy notes. And also, I think that the, the, the malt isn't counteracting the bitterness as much as it should the malt is is really hanging low here it's mm-hmm. it's somewhat biscuity but it's really it, it's really getting overpowered by the hops so that's why you want then the beer uh, was, bright kind of hop flavor the beer is really attenuated it's pretty dry the malt is, you know it's almost not quite to the point where it also remember how much foam it poured with too. I wonder if there was maybe I wonder if there's a bug in there working that's hasn't quite turned it yet, but it started to eat up some of the body, make more carbonation, and made it thinner. You know, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that's part of of what we're tasting. It's possible. Again, this is always a problem with a beer that's shipped ha- halfway around the world. It's it's at least it doesn't smell like skunk. No, no, because it, it's a green bottle, which yeah. is crazy scary. You know, shipping a pale ale that's fairly hoppy. Halfway around the world in a green bottle. I think this would be better if if you're in New Zealand. I bet this would taste a lot better. And I think it's just the the, the fact that it's it's a big commercial shipment, assuming, and they're not always going to be as careful mm-hmm. with, with their beers as possible. And I don't know what, what the date on this thing was. Here's what what I find interesting about this. Really interesting is on their site they have food matches. Mm-hmm. And food matches generally are pretty. Um, they're not really very specific, right? They're, they're they're pretty generic. Here are the food matches they suggest. The first one is tea cured tuna with shaved horseradish and lemon zest in a three ring in a tree ring cone. <laughs> and the second is lamb shanks on carrot and swede mash. That's pretty specific. So this next beer is the first beer I've ever gotten with a little string to peel the wax off mm-hmm. with. Worked fairly well. But there wasn't much wax on this thing to begin with. Um, probably could have just took in the opener straight to it. This is the Indigo Imp Spring Belgian-style Saison. 
Real Ale, bottle-conditioned, open fermented from Cleveland, Ohio. You picked this up at your trip out to VE and mm-hmm. Shelley, which, what's the white price tag? Is that? That's VE. That's VE, okay. And you interviewed the Indigo Ink guy at the Release the Firkins thing. Mm-hmm. And you were interested in trying his stuff, and uh, this will be the first one. Well, you had some at the Real Ale Fest, I yes. presume. yes. And I've seen the Indigo Imp Brewery last time when I was out in Cleveland. Um, didn't make it on the runs. I didn't know much about whoa, it. I didn't whoa, know if they'd gusher, be able to... Gusher, gusher. Yeah, we got a gusher. Look at that. Let's see how long it goes. <laughs> uh, it's a slow gusher, but it's a gusher nonetheless. Oh, this is great. I guess we're not going to watch the gusher. Even though if we were a video podcast, we could just get yeah. a nice tight... You f- could do a vine of it, but I mean, it's not all that impressive. Yeah. Not like the ones that shoot up to the ceiling sometimes. So, expectations have been dropped slightly here with the gusher. <laughs> you never know. We've had great gushers before. This is a, uh, it's a sort of a golden, heading towards bronze. It has a lot of particulate matter inside of it. Um, so, while it is a freckle beer or a see-through beer, there's a lot of stuff floating inside of it. About a finger's yeah, worth snow of globe. It's yeah. a snow globe of a beer. I actually had some comments from people telling that uh, they have a lot of have a lot of experience with getting infected beers from Indigo Imp. So, Gushers kind of uh, not too much of a surprise from that. So they say it's a Pilsner malt, uh, Belgian yeast, six point eight percent alcohol by volume. It actually smells pretty nice. It smells a little peppery. Yeah, a little peppery with a, a nice kind of somewhat floral. Uh, Aspect to it a little could bit be a touch of Breton there. Could be. I doubt they wanted Breton there, but it could be a touch of Breton there. A little bit of a fruity aroma to it. Strawberries, maybe. Flavor's not bad. Yeah. Strawberries I'd, is good. Mm-hmm. So you keep that strawberry going a little it's bit. It's a straw-type flavor. Grassiness, big grassiness to it. Has a good body to it still. Mm-hmm. Like it does nothing like the last one. There's a sweetness. Um, let me try to describe that one. It's uh, kind of a combination between pear and peach. Yeah, that that that's good. There's pear, like a you know a, what are they called the uh, the yellow pears. The, is that Danju or? I don't know. <laughs> There's a little bit. There's a I think there's any cardamom in here. I, I was going to say there's a, there's a little bit of a spicy phenolic thing in there. I'm not mm-hmm. sure whether that's just coming from the yeast or whether there's actually any spices. But based on the kind of light touch it has, I I would doubt that there are really much in the way of spices in here. I think it's just from the yeast. Yeah, I think it's just Pilsner Malt and Belgian yeast. It says here a gold color ale with esters of spice, esters of spice, and fruit and smooth. In a smooth body from a fine Pilsner malt and fermented with a special blend of Belgian yeast. I will say, when I picked this beer up, there were a couple bottles. I picked the one up that had the most wax on it. There was hardly any wax on it. I know. <laughs> there were others that had no wax on it. Okay. And that one, and there was one that had like just a little bit of wax on it that had the most wax on it. So I picked the one that I thought was going to be the most. I mean, the, the wax is basically to help it not get oxygen in it. 
and uh, I picked the one with the most so I could get the best. Yeah, the assumption I think, is I think in body. this I think in this case the wax was purely decoration. It's possible. The same price, so I figured mm-hmm. why not go for the one that's possibly more protected. Good point. I think this is nice. This is a mm-hmm. nice drinker. It's got... Um, yeah, it doesn't taste infected. It doesn't yeah. taste buggy. I don't taste any breath, even though I thought maybe I might have smelled it. Um, cardamom's getting stronger and stronger. I'm almost like, really? They didn't add cardamom? <laughs> Yeah, some of the fruits are starting to to go away to the spice. The spice mm-hmm. is starting to dominate a little bit, but that's not bad. It's not a bad thing. It's just it, you know, it's a different way of of sending the beer. I think if you especially if you space out your drinks a little bit, mm-hmm. you'll probably it won't build as much. Right. So if you were just want to have one of these, you know, on a day and just sort of slowly drink them as opposed to do what we do where we do sip after sip after sip, right? It might last better. So if you trust the label, an imp, it's kind of like a demon. Has horns and wings and a trident tail. Yellow glowy eyes. And it's indigo colored. Mm. The indigo isn't a color. I know. That's the fun thing about it. I was, if you didn't say it, I was gonna I was gonna throw in that little tidbit. So why is there indigo in the spectrum? Because Isaac Newton loved the number seven. Thought there was something intrinsic about seven. Yeah, and so when he made when when he described the colors of the rainbow, he wanted to make it so there were seven colors when he was doing his stuff on optics, and so he did Roy G. Biv. So there was an indigo, then violet, as opposed to just well, green, violet. So the question I have, and I need to look this up, is getting Pocho. I'll end it really quickly, I promise. But we got to finish up this indigo imp anyway. Is the different colors? Is the difference? The space, the difference in wavelength between two adjacent colors, are they equal throughout the spectrum or do they change? And I wonder if there's more space between blue and purple. You know, that that's that before I heard that before I heard on the radio that Newton just liked seven and yeah. may enforced seven, you know, I could never see indigo as a distinct color. So I was just wondering if it was a wavelength thing and there was more space over there. But I don't know. Well, I don't think that. I think it's it's part of the attenuation of glass and and uh, and other things and water that things are spaced out that way. I don't, I can't say for sure whether you can measure like in an angstroms a particular set and also sort of blend into one well, another too. Right, so. but you know, the center of red is two hundred fifty nanometers. The center of orange is whatever, right? Right. The distance between those centers, right? And the distance is it? You know, that's kind of what I was curious about. It may be, be similar because viewable wavelengths are all in a very small part of the electromagnetic spectrum, mm-hmm. so it may be similar. Anyway. Back to the beer. Sorry about that. If you like that kind of talk, tune into the mm. post show. Let's go with the canned beer. Okay, here, here's, here's here. Oh, think about the Indigo Imp. What's an Imp bottle they have on their page? It's the one bottle in every six-pack dipped in wax. Mm. So okay. there you go. <laughs> they dip one bottle in every six pack in glass in, in wax. Okay. Okay. <laughs> if you, yeah, you, you so, gotta find someone to, to set yourself out from the back, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so this next beer, it is a can from a brewery that I didn't know how to canning line. This is Revolution Brewing out of Chicago, and this is A Little Crazy. No, I mean it. It's A Little Crazy. That's the name of the beer. It's a Belgio Pale Ale, 6.8% alcohol by volume. Pilsner Malt's a tri-hop blend of Magnum Cascade and Citra. Uh-oh. <laughs> it won 2012 Great American Beer Festival bronze, I assume, for Belgian Pale Ale. So I'm really curious, because the beer says Belgian-style pale ale, which is a style of beer. That's Rare Voss, right? From Hennepin, you know? There's there's Belgian Pale Ales. Right. And then there's Belgio IPAs. And when you hear Citra and blah 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 you think it's an American Belgio yeah. IPA type thing. So we'll have to see when we get into the flavor here. Beer pours with a small wispy head, very clear. It's a golden orange. It's less clear on my pour. Oh. Slightly less dark. Too. I think I poured your second this time, so you got the bottom. So there must be some sediment. You know, it's probably it's non-filtered, mm-hmm. so there's some sediment in the bottom of the can. Yeah, it's hoppy. It's really hoppy. Yeah. It's it's not a Belgian pale ale as right. traditional Belgian pale ales are. It's a it's a Belgian style American pale ale or a Belgian influenced American pale. ale. Yeah, Belgian influenced. That's a good way to put it. American a, pale ale with Belgian yes with Belgian sort of stuff potentially adjuncted. Depends on you know how hoppy it is. Potentially a Belgian IPA. So, uh, hops and brew house are Magnum, Cascade, and Citra. A dry hop blend of Citra and Cascade. I can smell the Citra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big, big orangey. It it almost smells like you know orange syrup or something. You know, it's yes, really. There, there's a there's a portion of Citra that that smells somewhat manufactured. And and whenever I think of Citra, I also think of citronella candles, mm-hmm. where they're sort of a. It's it's not bad, but it's not. Natural smelling. <laughs> or what about those orange gummy candies? That's a little. That's so sweet that it's hard. I mean, if you were to just extract the the flavor in there, I don't know. Those are they, there's so much sugar in those things that it's hard to say. I I don't know how if how I agree or not with what you just said because I just think the citrus smells yummy in here. It just smells luscious and juicy. I enjoy it, real or not. You know, chemicals be damned. It just smells... It smells yum. Oh, uh, the Pilsner malt is the base with, the, what they say, a little Carapils and Belgian Caramunic. Flavors, pretty much... Pretty much the, the aroma... The carbonation is low on this. And when I, ha- when I brought the can out, the can felt kind of squishy... You know, the can wasn't firm, so I'm surprised. You know, I mean, I'm, it, I think it could use a little more carbonation to kind of round up the body. A Definitely little bit. taste the orange. Let's switch. Yours is a little more fizzy than mm-hmm. mine. Mine's a little flatter. <laughs> the top of the can's flatter than the bottom of the can. <laughs> what the hell? Yours is a little more floral in the taste, and mine is a little more kind of stronger in mm-hmm. terms of the the. Remember when we watched that video about Hetty Topper last week? How he said the resins fall out. Maybe yeah. some of that sediment you see there is like actually little bitter chunks. You have bitter chunks in yours. Bitter chunks. <laughs> I 
Here, let's let's go back and forth. Let's kind of blend it out because right. mine mine feels a little empty in the body. Yours, you know, yeah. So that yours is a little resonant. So I think they'll both improve by kind of homogenizing it a yeah. little bit. Then that's basically what you're going to do if you if you just have a bottle. Of, you if know, you have a whole bottle, yeah. yeah. Who would think? You know, us sharing a bottle. Of, we talked about this last week, but it, it's amazing how stratified a beer is that when you split it into two glasses, it can be so different. I know. So now in the aroma, I do smell the Belgian character. You know, I still get the hops, but I smell something Belgian-y. Um, I don't know, it just it smells like a complete, almost almost completely different beer now that we blended it together. <laughs> it makes me wonder if we should do more blending, or at least, you know, have a get glass for blending. Pour the whole bottle into a glass, and well, then... Or at least pour our portions into a glass and then pour that into each other. So, so at least we're getting the same thing. We're getting yeah. at least homogenized. The only problem there is you're, you, there's more agitation. You're working out more carbonation. You're working in more oxygen, mm-hmm. you know, so there's, there's some hazards to that mm-hmm. too. Yep. So, yeah. and you it, can't just shake the things. <laughs> that won't work. Well, I mean, that's it. You don't want to, a lot of the sediment in most beers don't add to the beer, right? Mm-hmm. So you really want to keep those at the bottom. So even instead of shaking it, say you turn it upside down, turn right. it, roll it around a little bit gently to kind of mix it up, you're still going to stir up some of the things that are most of the time going to be undesirable in the beer. So what we're saying is take I, everything that we'd say with a grain of salt because we are kind of splitting it well, between each other. I mean, not that. I mean, for us, you know, if we, I think we need to, we need to cross-check each other's glasses frequently, mm-hmm. and if they are different, either... If, if we're really tasting radically different things, or yeah. if we think we might be, yeah. then then we should t- check it out. It's yeah, so no. reasonably drinkable Belgian. It, it it tastes more like a Belgian IPA than a, than a pale ale. A couple sips, you probably get acclimated to the, the big hops also. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's another reason I'm tasting more Belgian now. But this is pretty drinkable. Um, what water. 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 I said water, not water. I know. <laughs> I like when you say water. Well, I've been in Pittsburgh for 12 years. I've acclimated myself to it. <laughs> Yeah, I like this. Very drinkable. Very. Well, you know what it's time for? It's so ground. It's out there. Oh, this is going to be our commercial yes. music? Okay. I thought this was going to be play us out. Why not? This was the number one song in 1986, I think, right? Something like that. So, yeah, so uh, if you want to help support us, the easiest way to do it is, uh, well, there are a couple ways. First of all, you can donate directly to us. You can go to our site, and there are PayPal links that you can then set up a subscription, for example, a couple dollars a month or a couple dollars a year, however you want to do it. One-time donations are available on there. Also, you could pick your amount. You could give us $10,000 if you wanted to. If you did? Wow. You give us ten thousand dollars, we'll fly to your house and do a show live yes. on your porch. Yes, when you're not home. 
You can do the easy way to support Craft Beer Radio, and that is to use our Amazon referral links. All you have to do is go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon, or even craftbeerradio.com slash A, if you don't want to type all those letters. Or just go to our website if you're... Just go to craftbeerradio.com and just click on the Amazon link. We don't even want to remember anything. I should set up bit.ly link so it's even shorter. You should, yeah. I should. I'll have to do that. But when you shop on Amazon, after you get there via our referral link, we get a commission on anything you buy. And it doesn't cost you anything more. It's taking money out of Amazon's pocket and giving it to us. Yeah. And how great is that? Because you're going to shop on Amazon anyway. And when you do, we know what you bought. Well... We don't no, know what no. you we, bought. We know what people bought. We know what was bought. And we have a lot of fun talking about that in the post-show during our Amazon Anonymous segment. Yeah, so you, you're, what you buy may be highlighted as an interesting item. Sure. You could buy really disgusting stuff if you want to hear us talk about it on the post-show. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Sir Mix-A-Lot. All right. Play us out. No, we're not done yet. We still got another two beers. Yeah, I'd say we go with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the cellar door. Okay, so cellar door is from Stillwater Artisanal Artisanal Ales. It's an American farmhouse ale, and Stillwater. I should know this. I can't remember where Stillwater's from. Mm. Baltimore. Baltimore. That's right. I always confuse Stillwater and Sweetwater. Right? Sweetwater is the guys down in Georgia. Right. Has a little heat shrink wax neck label thing on it. Let's see if my bottle looper can tear through it. No, we had had this before, but not on the show. The very first time I went to VE and Chalet Premier, this is a Chalet bottle I can see by the tag on the other side. Uh, I bought this one and uh, I bought a whole bunch back. We were all so happy, and then we decided to have one of them, and we had this one, and it was this. Stillwater, which is a uh, farmhouse ale uh, that is brewed with sage. Oh, okay. I was going to say, it's funny. I'm the one with the encyclopedic memory of beers drink. And I was like, I don't recollect this one at all. But as soon as you said sage, I remember the beer now. Mm -hmm. Put our Xylus stopper. Let's go back into commercial mode real quick. We have some items that we really recommend. We got the speed. Well, snifter glasses. These are awesome. And you can get those on Amazon. And uh, we also have these Xylus um, bottle stoppers. So when you have like a 25-ounce bottle like this artisanal ale from uh, Stillwater, and you just want to pour, you know, four ounces for Greg, four ounces for me, put a little Xylus in the neck, and you can drink that tomorrow. You could even drink it a week from now, and I've had beer still in pretty good shape after a week or two. I, I would recommend drinking it sooner than later, yeah. but it can last a couple weeks even. So they call it on their front, on their, uh, the, like a lot of artisanal breweries, they don't have a lot of information about them. <laughs> we found out that artisanal breweries hate websites. Yeah. So we just go and buy basically what Beer Advocate says and what the, the label says. Wheat ale brewed with white sage, an American farmhouse. So it's got wheat in it and it's got white sage. It's a 6.6% alcohol by volume according to... Beer advocates. So. so it's a freaking spice bomb. You stick your nose in there and you just smell the sage. You know, you also smell something a little peppery, you know, like a white pepper as well. But I mean, that's probably just the overdose of sage, like blowing out my sinuses. So they also say on Beer Advocate, they have some good notes here and uh, Sterling and Citra hops. 
There you go. Certainly a different um, approach to Citra than the last. Yeah. Than the last beer. There's n- the sage is so potent in the aroma. You, I don't know. Here's a, here. Tell me something you smell that's not the sage. <laughs> Citra hops. I smell them. Do you? Yes. Huh. And there, there's a slight kind of fresh, freshly milled dirt quality hmm. in the aroma. That's good. It's a, it, it, a good thing. If I smell anything that's not the sage, I smell the this thing of carbonic acid, the CO2. Yeah, yeah, but... There's something there that's like sort of the, the freshly ground up, like a, a, a like a, a a fresh garden, just ready for for stuff to be put in, cultivated, cultivated, very good. But the sage is pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. It's not as it's not a mouthful of sage when you drink it, which is great because if it was as sage as the aroma, you couldn't you couldn't drink this thing. It's kind of champagne. It would be like, like putting I mean, potpourri in your mouth if it was that sagey. So when you take the sip, I mean, first of all, look at the look at the colors. It's a it's this a beautiful straw. Yeah, it's a little more cloudy on mine. But is that still. just condensation though? Mm, I think, no, I think yours really. is yours is mine crystal. Is, Mine's a little yeah. slightly cloudy, but. Um, it's really quite quite clear, and uh, it just has this, these nice bubbles coming up, and has a very Belgian character to it. Mm-hmm. Wheat, wheat, um, some phenols. It's um, let's see, let's see, what am I getting? I am on a white pepper kick. I've said white pepper last week. I've said it again already this week. I'm feeling it again for this one. Starting with a base of German wheat and pale malts. Blah, blah, blah. Sterling and citra hops. Touch of white sage. Julia Hers from the Brewers Association is blowing up. She is everywhere. Our friend Julia, she was on CNBC on the last call, like doing the stock thing about brewing industry. She um, did really well. She actually got a few hostile questions from the host and handled them well. Um, I saw another thing where she's in the U.S. Air magazine, you know, that's in the seatbacks uh-huh. on the airplanes on U.S. airplanes. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. She, she's an awesome person, and, and we wish her nothing but, but the best. And, and that she's blowing up. She's put a lot of time and commitment into this, and mm-hmm. and, and that is working for her is great. She's not going to have time for the little people anymore. No, unfortunately, she won't have time for us anymore. But but I can't think of a better person to, you know, to, to be sort of the ambassador for beer that she is. I think so. I mentioned this on the show. I can't remember, though. But when we were in Savor, I don't think you were around. She mentioned that she listens to us to get vocab like to help study for her master cicero that's it that i think that? you mentioned that to me yeah that's yeah so she's working on her master cicero certification and she's using us to help her study i hope she passes <laughs> <laughs> i feel bad if like if, if, if we're just giving just horrible if she if she gets the same kind of critique back that i got from my first bjcp test i will feel very bad the first bjcp test was a while ago though we've, it was we've a long improved time significantly since then at least i think we have So as I remember, After and I'm starting to detect sorry. it, as I remember from this before, the sage will start to build. And 
It's not quite there yet, but I can definitely still taste it. But there are nice, you know, qualities to this saison. It has a nice flow through. Has a really good mouthfeel. Um, nice bit of carbonation to, to to wipe some stuff off. I was going to say the opposite. I was going to say I can smell the beer now. I can smell the wheat. I can smell the Belgian. I don't just smell all the sage. So I I was going to say I'm starting to get acclimated to the spice bomb of sage, and I'm getting more out of the beer now. We'll see in three or four sips whether it's starting to build on my build on my palate. Uh, actually, after this third sip that I just took, I'm, it's late in the aftertaste, but now I'm starting to like get. It's like something on the back of my tongue. Yeah, it's like starting like to like crawl down my throat. Like it doesn't feel yeah. so. We're not going to have the full bottle at least right now, but I remember mm-hmm. we had the full bottle between the two of us, okay. and and that was when really oh built. we had this when we were picking hops, right? I think this might have been when we were picking hops. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's almost hot picking time. After vacation, it might be hot picking oh. time. Another three-hour show that we won't put up for you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I never put that up. You didn't put it up for release for a long time. I don't know okay. whether you ever put it up. No, I, I don't. I thought we put it up. You, you might have. It was really just the two of us just talking about nonsense. Yeah, so it, it wasn't. If, much if I to put it up, to. it was only in the post. It was an extra feed thing, yeah. if, for sure. Uh, but it, it was sort of a way to distract ourselves. I, I, I think that Jeff and I have this weird dynamic now where we're actually we're somewhat hesitant to talk to each other about things unless we're on the show because we don't we don't want to. We've been doing that for years. Yeah. That's not new. Well, it's because we we're definitely interested in talking to each other, but we feel like it's more interesting if it's a show topic. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just between us talking to each other. We don't want to waste that. So we just sort of hold on to things. And when we talk to each other, it's always in some sort of show context. <laughs> right. What's the alcohol in this one? 6.6. 6.6. Seems a little stronger, doesn't it? It does. I mean, I'm starting to... like. It's starting to... So I'm just going back through the history here. The Stillwater 6.6. The Indigo Imp. Is it... Indigo Imp was, according to them, 6.8. Okay. And then the A Little Crazy was 6.8. Uh, so I guess a couple 6%ers will start to get you to feel where yeah. I'm at right now. I'm just yeah. a little... I feel the alcohol a little more than I would like at this point in time. It, this this one feels stronger than 6.8, doesn't it? It feels like mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's got like about 8% or so. Maybe the sage is like opening up the veins, like putting the alcohol right in. <laughs> Shoving right into your liver. Pretty good. Big. I mean, you would. I find it almost surprising that it's as drinkable as it is from the initial aroma. Yeah. You know, I expected a mouthful of potpourri type, like, like almost like doing the um, cinnamon challenge type thing, where it just tastes dry and coffee and you know, or like choky, and you know, all you get is like, oh, spice. Ah. <laughs> no, it's 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 a really nice drinkable beer. I think that. Um I think that it, the, the sage will really start to come through, especially as you drink the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But that's nice. And mm-hmm. it doesn't overpower on the first sip, which is always a good sign. I would recommend splitting this, splitting this 25-ounce bottle at least six ways. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're right. 
<laughs> Greg just figured out what the last part of artisanal spells. <laughs> <laughs> Write it out and yeah. figure it out yourself. The things that you discover when you're doing these shows are amazing. All right. We got one more beer tonight. This beer was a beer that uh, we did a couple beers from Jim last week, and this is another one that he sent us. This is Crooked Stave Artisanal... Er, I'm sorry, it's not artisanal. This is the Artisan Beer Project, and this is the Hop Savant 100% Brett-Aged Pale Ale. I'm sorry, not Brett-Aged. Brett-Fermented. More Citra. So this is a 6.7% alcohol by volume. Dude, that, it's next year. Like There won't be any beers that aren't made with all Citra. <laughs> 36% Citra, 36, 36% Mosaic, and 28% Simcoe. <laughs> this is like the the the, the the most popular hop this year, last year, and the year before. Mm-hmm. All stuffed into this beer. Oh, and let's ferment it with Brett. <laughs> now, if you're wondering, a Brett fermented beer as opposed to a Saccharomyces fermented beer does not necessarily mean it's going to be like really sour. It just means it's going to... And it doesn't necessarily mean it's also going to be a lot like a Brett Saison. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be funky either. No, when I was at the uh, Home Brewers Conference, uh, Jamie Barlow, uh, you met Jamie. He helped us at Saver. He had a 100% Brett IPA. And he was telling me when you use all Brett, it ferments fast and clean. Mm -hmm. So this may be something along those lines where it's, it's interesting. It's a little more earthy than a sack fermented IPA. But... Don't expect, like, leather and horse right off the bat. It certainly could be something that's pretty clean. It's one of those weird things you can use when you, you know, train Brett to do certain things. Look at this head. Look at how fluffy mm-hmm. this head is. It, it's, it's like, cloud-like. It does. It, it, well, it looks like the head on a Budweiser on a Budweiser commercial, you know? Right. It's just that big Pilsner-type head. And if you're not, you know, thinking about... You know, heads on crappy beers, you know, it's a Hefeweizen-type head. You know, something like that. Sure. Mine, it's a golden beer, but super-duper cloudy. Mm Mm-hmm. Super-duper. Yeah, it's roughly the same for us. Mine's maybe a little Yours is a little clearer. Just just barely. Ooh, that's stinky aroma. (laughs) You think it's stinky? Hold on. I mean, it's... I don't think it's that stinky for me. Oh, yours is even stinkier. Yours smells like diapers. (laughs) I'm serious. (laughs) Like... It smells like diapers. Yours is worse than mine. Oh, I guess you're right. No, yeah, compared to yours, mine is, is stinkier. It's, um... Oh, no. my goodness. It's... <laughs> Whoa! It smells like poo. <laughs> Baby poo. Baby poo. Buttermilky poo. Yeah, not like human poo. Like, you know... Oh my goodness. I'm going to love this probably, but right now it's like, what? Yeah, that is a little weird. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Not the near freshener beer. No. No, no. Yeah, it's it's, it's one of those things where uh, in a a Brett beer, you're you're kind of forsaking the aroma. (laughs) I was talking up how it ferments clean. You know, <laughs> this is the opposite. This is like, this is one of the stinkiest Brett beers I can think of. Well, it's a hop savant, so it's not going to be good at everything, <laughs> but it's going to be great in the hops. All right, so other than poo, let, let's try to pick apart the aroma a little bit. This one we're going to spend some time on because there's a lot going on in there. Rubber? Plastic? 
almost like a burnt yeah. little, little it's not quite as accurate as burnt plastic but there's something leading you towards that right a bit like a bike tire I don't smell the diapers anymore I don't smell the poo I'm getting different aromas now here let's 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 blend this one together so we're, we're so we're sure we're tasting the yeah. same thing Careful. <laughs> Got really this foamy. This thing's like the fizz. I spilled some foam on the uh, desk. Yeah, this, this amazing desk that you paid thousands of dollars for. It's a piece of plywood. I made it by hand. It's, that's, it's, that, that's varnished, so yeah. No, it, it's, it's nice. stained and polyurethane. Yeah. And no, not sanded very well, but I made this desk year, way before Craft Beer Radio. It was my computer desk. I wanted something huge. I made it to fit the room that it was initially in. That kind of cuts the aroma a lot. Maybe it's just because there's some head... Well, I don't, you know, not as much head as you do. But that... Um, well, we worked out some carbonation. We added in some air, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, there's, there's trade-offs with doing yeah. the blending thing. But, I mean, I figured with as much as going on in this beer, it's probably worth it. So, we're not, like, reviewing two completely different grossnesses. <laughs> Yeah, um, well, I still get a touch of the poo in there. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it'll come back. I'm sure. I think we're just agitating it, made it go away a little bit. And now <laughs> we it's scared just, the poo. It, away. It's shorter, it, it just needs to, to to fill up the the area in the glass for us to smell it. Yeah, your burnt plastic. Which I would thing. say again, these spiel glass are awesome mm-hmm. if, if you fill them halfway up to get an amazing yeah. amount of aroma. So you were mentioning the burnt plastic, and and I want to reiterate that it's not acrid and toxic smelling. It just it's leading you towards that smell is what you're getting. I'm smelling uh, some... I'm starting to get some hops out of this. Okay, I'm starting to get some, like, wheat. You know, yeah. like a, like a, you know, Belgian style. Excuse me, I'm getting very burpy from the... Um, well, we put a lot of air into these things. <laughs> from the cellar. <laughs> what was this called? The cellar... Cellar door. Cellar door. Talk about hard-to-read label. Yeah, I know. Okay, took a sip. Doesn't taste like poo. That's good. A little bit of a tang to it. Mm-hmm. Kind of bitter. Bitter, a little lemon... Like it's a little acidic. It's almost like a bit like a Berliner Weiss. Actually, yeah, it's, it's, it's more along the lines of yeah, acidic. It, it's it's got yeah, lemon was my first thing, but now it's I wouldn't say back acidic. It's I more would say kind of vinegar like. I'm not sure I would say acidic. A little more lactic for me, like a Berliner Weiss. Maybe there's a little bit of of uh, like uh, sweetie, like sweet, like tangy. That's a little. Maybe it's a little bit of you know acidic, a little bit of lactic or something, but. I'm getting a little more. It reminds me more of a Berliner Weiss than it does vinegar or mm. or you know like a Rosalaire, like a Flanders. Or I something. don't know. Berliner Weiss seems to me to be at least when I drink them a little bit more weedy, a little bit more. There, there's some slight extra bit of uh, lovely tang from mm-hmm. the wheat that you don't necessarily get here, and that's why I'm thinking more acidic in terms of the, the original taste I was getting. I'm trying to pick up other things though, so let's see what I can get. 
Sorry for the dead air. This is almost a beer that I just want to sit and drink and like not have to talk about. <laughs> just like just contemplate it. There's there's a, there's a lot going on, but not a lot going on. Mm-hmm. There, it's it's just it's really hard to, to it pinpoint. Pro- what it the probably are. could use a little more carbonation in the body, right? So our pouring back and forth probably detrimented it a little bit that way. So as a note, let's not be overzealous with the blending the beers. Good, good call. Hmm. Wow. You don't think it has a big wheat flavor to it? No. No, I don't. And let me have another sip, though, just to clarify. I'm not sure if it has wheat, but it certainly, for me, it's like reminding me a lot of, of that kind of it has thing. It's a lemongrassy-like flavor, but I don't know if I would call okay. it wheat. Okay. Um, has a significant... Yeah, to me, it's still acetic. To me, it's still a, a pretty acetic thing. I mean, I, I, I get where you're getting lactose, but I think that might be just because of the the uh, the mouthfeel is is pretty uh, thick. There's sort of it's there's a certain viscosity to it that you would expect that as well. Like, I'm talking about lactic it. acid, not lactose. I know, but okay, all right. I'm not getting kind of the sweetness that I would get mm-hmm. with a little bit of lactic acid. Uh, the malt is really hard to find here. Uh, there's mostly just the acid and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and... Yeah, it's a pretty thin body. The hops, you know, I'm, I'm starting to dial in on that a little bit. They're not super fresh, super bright. But there's some... Oh, really? Hard. I mean, again, this is kind of stretching the vocabulary that, you know, that we're used to for this beer. Like, uh, I wish I had more experience with Mosaic because... I'm not tasting Simcoe. I'm not tasting Citra. I'm wondering if I'm tasting Mosaic. It's hard for me to tell. I, I mean, I know Mosaic... Like, Mosaic is the hop of 2013. You know, it's the hop that everyone wants. It's it's the new Citra, practically. And um, I just don't know enough about it. I haven't had enough hop studies with Mosaic to know exactly what its characteristics are. Still get a bit of rubbery in the taste, even. Okay. Not necessarily a horrible rubbery, not like a real... Da- dastardly destructive rubbery, but something that, that that tastes a little bit like you're chewing on 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 the sole of a shoe. It's a long it's a long way from diapers, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of like, huh? That's crazy because that first couple sniffs smelled so bad. We don't know about this one. I don't know what to say about it, or what to really think about it. I, I like it because it's different and fascinating. It's it's going to be really hard to figure out how that compares to the other beers of the night, and we're about at ranking time here. It's definitely different, but is it different in an enjoyable way? That's the question. It's definitely. I mean, for me, it's definitely enjoyable to taste something like that, where it's not something I've had before, yes. right? But that's really not how I rank things. I don't want to rank the rare, right? So it's going to be difficult figuring out how it fits in in the ranking tonight. But it is that time. And we have five beers here. Hmm. 
I wish I had more hops of on so I could kind of get into it a little bit more. Let's see. So I still have some more left. So if you want to share, I'll take some. Absolutely. All right. So I think I'm going to start at the top tonight. Kind of like just go through attrition, figure out how they go. All right. I liked the a little crazy the best tonight from Revolution Brewing, Chicago, Illinois. I was at the pub a couple years ago, and they had practically all IPAs on tap. It was a it was a good place to go drink beers. Um, I liked it because of that yummy smelling Citra. You know, it just it. It worked for me. And then once you got a little acclimated to the hops, you could actually taste the Belgian character in there. But at first, it was like Belgian IPA. You know, it's like just hops, hops, hops. Number two. Number two. Number two. It's tough. I like the hop savant, but that whole diaper smell up front, I'm wondering if I should (laughs) penalize it a little bit for the diaper smell. I am going to put. I'm gonna put the Indigo Imp number two. I liked it. it um, had a, you know a nice Belgian thing going on there. Some some spices. If anything, I didn't like about it. It was cardamom got a little strong, but it was a clean beer. Enjoyed it. Number three, Hop Savant. I enjoyed that as much, but it did smell like diapers up front. Mm-hmm. Number four, I'm gonna put the Moa. I, I liked the Moa. I liked the the Savon hops. I wish you know. I, I wish I wasn't worried that it was a little overcarbonated and underbodied because there was a bug starting to tear it apart. Um, but I like some of the the flavors that were in there, the the passion fruit and whatnot. And then I'm going to put the uh, cellar door from Sweetwater in last place. You could get past the sage and get into some more interesting facets of the beer, but the sage is just, it's a formidable wall to overcome, and it was probably a little over overpotent for me. Seems reasonable. Can agree with you in the number, on the first two. Uh, I think a little crazy was probably the best in the night. I think it was the most enjoyable and, and, and the one that was the most drinkable and had, oh, while it was a little overly hoppy to be a true BPA, Mm-hmm. Uh, it worked, and it was nice and drinkable. And uh, my number two, yeah, I think that the Indigo Imp Spring uh, was was really, really good, and was nice and drinkable, and I really liked the flavors that were coming through. Here's where I start to disagree with you. My number three is Cellar Door. I thought that that was also really drinkable, too, and, uh, and I like the Sage component, although I do feel that in experience, the Sage component will build and may kind of overpower things. Uh, but at the start, at least, and, and, and as much as we drank, it, it was really pretty delicious. And we'll, we'll drink more on the post show, and we'll see. Well, well here's the thing. I mean, I don't want to interrupt your rankings, but yeah. for me, I'm not looking forward to drinking more yeah. of the cellar door in the post show. Oh, there's still more Moa left. Oh, there is. I can drink that. Mm-hmm. I was almost thinking I'll get some more of the uh, Southern Tier IPA for the post show. <laughs> you know, it's seldom we crack a new bottle for the post show, but I just I just can't take that spice, you know, after all these beers. Well, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, no, no. By all means. Please interrupt me. Uh, number four. Oh, okay. So, Greg. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hardy her. Uh, number four. The Hop Savant. Uh, different. Interesting. If interesting is all you're going for. 
uh, then it's definitely something to get on your list. If, if you just want to try new things, then absolutely put it on your list. I think the other beers, in terms of drinkability, and in terms of some of the things that I really enjoyed about them, struck uh, a better chord with me. But uh, that, that's, that's pretty interesting, and there's a lot of things going on there, and you can definitely try to stress your palate some. And so if you're looking for something to stress your palate without being horrible... Hop Savant does a good job of that. And number five is the Moa, and I just think that the Moa would be much better fresh, and I thought that it kind of... It it, uh, it it failed because the other ones had stronger flavors and really stronger things going on that the Moa just couldn't compete with. And like I said, I think that's thanks to the fact that it's from halfway around the world and then it was sitting on a shelf for who knows how long. Right. So. No, I don't think it's really any fault of them, but uh, it's just the way that we have to do things. So that's the way it works. Cue up Sir Mix-A-Lot again. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. We really appreciate you tuning into the podcast. And... In listening to the show, um, we are released under the Creative Commons license. You can go to our website and find out what that means. You can actually reuse the show in certain aspects and remix it, and you can uh, do some sort of mix-a-lot on us. Mm-hmm. And, um, make sure you, whenever we say peatiness, make sure you Peatiness, yes, yes. We had some fun many years ago at Brute Crazy, where Greg said peatiness. Very it, fast. Yes. <laughs> again, again. Do the homework at home, and you'll figure out how, why that's funny. Um, you can f- contact us uh, on Twitter at Craft Beer Radio, at Jeff Bear, at CBR Greg, Facebook at you know, the Craft Beer Radio, Google Plus Craft Beer Radio, email beer at craftbeerradio.com. Anything else? No. Well, we're, we're sorry that we're going to be gone for a week or two weeks, but we'll be back. We will. Rearrested, ready to go till the end of the year. Yeah, well, no, because we're gonna have the Great American Beer Fest. That made you can't say the end of the year. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do something. We'll figure something out. You'll get some content. Yeah, baby. When it comes to female-